This is Farmer's Inside Track, supported by Food from Zanzi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hazard Mzansi, welcome to another episode of our brand new podcast series. We unashamedly salute the unsung heroes of agriculture because we believe in the power of agriculture to create social cohesion. My name is Ivor Price. I'm the co-founder of Food for Mzansi. And with me is my fellow co-founder, Kobus Lawrence. And we are South Africa's leading agricultural and lifestyle news platform. Kobus, great to do another episode. Hi, Ivor. Actually, the first episode we've done together. <laughs> Looking oh forward to it. Should I be scared? Um, I just want to mention Farmers Inside Track is going great. We're excited about the number of up-and-coming farmers signing up for our exclusive content series. And if anyone hasn't checked it out yet, go to www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za. And you know, Kubis, the other thing that excites me about this is that we're finding not only people who are working in agriculture, agripreneurs, not only farmers, there seems to be some sort of life tips entrepreneurial tips across different industries. I'm enjoying speaking to our farmers because I think they're primarily entrepreneurs and up-and-coming farmers, my sense is that they are extremely entrepreneurial and, they've, and they learn a lot of business lessons very soon, so there's a lot to learn from them. So, Kubis and I are super excited to have Josie's first Nigerian farmer, the one and only Uncle Wiz in the house today. Edward Wisdom came to Mzansi in 1994 and he's since carved out a niche for himself in business as well as agriculture, producing and selling produce that other African immigrants and experts often struggle to find in South Africa. Wow, Mom, what did you put on this chicken? Well, I was trying a new recipe using grain-filled chickens. Oh, Mom, this is amazing. You can't go wrong with 100% South African farm-quality chicken. With a range of fresh, frozen and marinated products, make grain-filled chickens your number one choice. Grain-filled chickens from the farms of the Free State. Need we say more? If you want quality, ask for grain-filled chickens at a leading store. Grainfield Chickens, bring home the taste. Visit grainfieldchickens.co.za So on to today's guest then on the Farmers Inside Track podcast series. Edward Wisdom is a commercial farmer based in Vanabel Park in the south of Gauteng. Great having you with us, Uncle Wiz. Thank you. Thank you, Ivor. It's nice to meet you. I'm happy to be here in your studio. And it's nice to see you, Kobos, also. Thank okay. you. So, Uncle Wiz, I was quite impressed by the fact that you are a Nigerian citizen doing your thing in agriculture in Mzansi. How did that happen? First of all, this is Africa. We Nigerians, we believe that all Africa is Africa. It's our home. So when we are here in Southern Africa, we feel at home and we need to eat what we eat at home also. So that's what led me to want to do one or two products of West Africans in this country. When we put Uncle Wiz's story up on our website a year ago already, got an incredible response. It was our first story that actually went beyond South African borders. It inspired South Africans and people across South Africa and the rest of Africa and the world equally. So it's really great meeting you in person. I'd like to know how has this journey been for you, building a business as a Nigerian in South Africa and specifically in the agri-space? Thank you, my dear friend. I'm happy to meet you also. It has been a very wonderful situation. Some are skeptical, some are happy, some are saying that this is what they needed. African to be one, 
it's exciting for them to see different types of crops from other African countries, like those crops that has already been identified as medicinal crops. So it has been mixed feelings. Some are still saying, ah, Nigerian, are you sure that it's not planting drugs there or something? <laughs> so we like it. And I had wanted to do this to change the perspective of some of these people thinking that all Nigerians are maybe mischievous and all those things. The Nigerians are a very versatile group of nations that has got every field of humanity on this earth. So we are all over. We are in football, we are in academy, we are in medicine, we are in laws, department, and here now we are in agriculture. Though, you see, in business, we are created all to do business in this country. Uncle Wiz, you love speaking about United Africa, um, that we are all one despite the countries where we come from. But you live and you farm in Johannesburg, and Josie has been known for recent xenophobic attacks. How has that affected you and how did it make you feel as a farmer actually producing food for South Africans as well? Actually, I expected that we are going to talk about the xenophobic exercise because I can call it an exercise because not everybody feels so bad about it. But it's something that's supposed to happen so that a lot of things will be revealed. I guess that exercise is what uh, prompted my invitation to hear other versions of uh, Nigerians that are staying in South Africa. It wasn't a very good image to see that other Africans, we are other Africans killing and beating and destroying other Africans' effort. I know some people have been upset and some people see that we are taking jobs and we are trying to dominate them. No, it's not like that. We do because South Africa is a very large country. Some of our people are in different areas doing things that are different from what has uh, caused this uh, xenophobic exercise. It wasn't a very good feeling for me because some of my people at home, they called me, they said, are you safe? How can you be in such an isolated places? And I tell them that here we don't feel so bad. The South Africans agricultural department, they protect me. They like what I'm doing. They are very supportive. They don't fight. They don't come to destroy things. So for my other brothers that lost their businesses, like those ones selling cars and all those things, I felt for them it has changed some of our belief and some of our attitude in the country. Some of us are now scared that we can't even invest anymore. We'll settle our people. Some of the elderly Nigerians that are here, we know that here is where we have come to stay. That's why we married and we have children and properties in the country. Lack of education and lack of knowledge has prompted such exercise. With this interview and with this platform, I believe that some South Africans will see that it's not all Nigerians that has come to destroy. And uh, we never even had a mind to come to destroy. We wanted to build and we wanted to make a living in the country. Do you feel at home here? Of course, I feel at home here because uh, that's why I went to get some of crops to plant and to eat. Because we Nigerians, especially the Igbos, we don't eat ordinary food. We must eat our food. Here is our home. Most of the crops that we have here, if we have maybe 10 crops in Nigeria, 7 or 6 are here already. Here is our home and we are here to stay and we enjoy staying here in this country. Uncle Wes, I must tell you, it's quite fascinating for me as a Cape Townian to have moved to Joburg and for the first time in my life see veggies that look differently and I'm ashamed I did not know it's African veggies. Tell us about some of the crops you plant on your farm. 
in fact, what prompted me to get into most of the crops is when my wife was diagnosed stage one or two, I don't know. But she uses insulin. So I know about bitter leaf in Nigeria that it cures a lot of more than eight or nine uh, sicknesses. So I decided to go to Nigeria to tell my people that I want to try and get this bitter leaf. When I came here, I saw the bitter leaf at our Nigerian embassy. So I took a stick of bitter leaf. I started planting bitter leaf. From there, bitter leaf developed. I used bitter leaf with my wife in different ways. From that time till now, we can't even trace the diabetes trace on her anymore. I do okra. Okra is very good headache and high blood also. I do scent leaf. Scent leaf is an antibiotic. The root is very strong in other venereal diseases and every other thing. I do egusi. Egusi is the one that all South Africans know when you come to our restaurants. All those people by the Hebrew, Beria, all Yovel, every South African knows egusi that is for men. And I do most of the Nigerian ogo. Ogo is the ready-made blood tonic. You lack blood, you squeeze ogo, the water is already blood in, in you immediately. So most of our food that we do here, known as medicinal. We eat it knowing what you want it to do for you. So I do these ones for now. And I do, there's another one that I brought of recent. We call it uh, garden egg. Garden egg is the, the one that we do very well. So most people like a garden egg because it, it helps in headache and uh, high blood also. So I do those, uh, those ones for now. It's fascinating. We should eat more veggies and take less pills in South Africa. I'm interested to find out how did you start your business? We know in South Africa there's a lot of support for emerging farmers and because it's a priority for government to diversify the industry. How was your experience? I started very, very hard way somehow because I started planting around my yard. When I do spinach and all those things, tomatoes, my mother-in-law will come to the house and say, Lo, it's uh, green fingers. Why don't you start farming? I said, how can I start farming in South Africa where I don't know anyone? He said, you can. So I started thinking about it. And uh, when we eat, we normally eat fresh food. When she cooks in Soweto, she always demands me to bring her uh, fresh crops. From there, they see that sometimes I get angry. When they call me, I said to them, I wanted to do something. I wanted to do something different. Never mind in this country. As at 1996, 97, I was the first Nigerian that started selling our food, like yam and the red oil. I used to import with another Ghanaian woman, old woman, that she's gone back to Ghana. Seeing that there is still something that we need to do, or I need to do, either to bring that in, to make it fresher, to make it uh, lively, to also to keep our history, to make our children and people that love Nigerians to know exactly what do we eat? Because sometimes they say hey, these Nigerians are very tough. These people are very strong. This and that. I see that it's necessary for me to bring it in and for people to see. So that's how I started the farming. Then my wife went as far as going to look for a farm without me knowing that they want to surprise me. One day she said to me that there's a place that we are going to check out. So when we got there, it was a very big land. I started dancing. I started <laughs> dancing in front of the house. There's a nice house there. There's a flat rubble a land. Then I started. The first product that I did was spinach there. It did very well. Then I started other things. So you were self-funded from the beginning, I gather. 
Yes, I never had any any funding at all because of I don't know if you could say that it's because of uh, the place where you are coming from because all of us has got IDs and uh, all these things but uh, in IDs there's IDs and there's ID <laughs> so I think I have got ID so when you come and the, those people that comes and uh, inspect and those uh, agricultural inspectors when they see what you are doing when it comes to recording your particulars and they see uh, born in nigeria and uh, they will tell you eh, my brother we will come again don't worry we will come again you will yeah. never see them again so the next thing is your neighbor like when i applied for borehole they couldn't give me anything when I applied for even to help to strengthen my my chicken pen, they couldn't do anything. So I got tired and I've tried to form a lot of cooperatives with other farmers. And I think I even wish them bad luck because when they see that another nation that is piloting the project, it dies automatically. So I decided to leave everybody alone. When I had my last problem, when I had the problem of uh, coming to steal all my goods that I had almost uh, 92 goods and they stole 63 mm -hmm. goods from that 92 when I've already sold more than 20 of them. So I didn't have any, any way to stand up again. Then I have to sell my cars and the shop that I was running. I sold everything to start again because of the passion that I have for agriculture and the farm. And I wanted also, because my major thing is to leave a legacy to other people, other Nigerians, and for more Nigerian children to know that this is what their people eat at home mm -hmm. in Nigeria. Because some of our people have got a lot of children in this country. And if we allow these things not to, most of them might not go to Nigeria. They might be here answering Nigerians. And there's nothing they will talk about. If you come there and show them, they come to our occasions and see where we eat a garden egg. And we eat okra soup. They say, ah, that thing that is, I want that one that is like a chewing gum. <laughs> we start <laughs> laughing. We are trying to make sure that Nigerians are Nigerians in this country. Uncle Wiz, I find it on the one hand quite sad that because you are foreign national, you do not qualify for any funding or financial support in South Africa. But on the other hand, I'm quite inspired that you could build such an impressive farm with your own money being self-funded. My question is, what would be your advice to other young farmers out there or people thinking, hey, maybe I can become an agripreneur as well? I've been preaching. Even when I got down to any occasion or in town where I had the shop before or where I'm running some small businesses, I do preach to young South Africans, boys and girls, to embrace farming. Because I saw that without farming, without subsistence agriculture, the economy, no matter how, the economy is going to always suffer. When all the families have got uh, things that they put around their houses from the young ones, or when even they see the elder ones working, it goes into them. Agriculture is something is spiritual somehow because it transfers automatically from the elderly ones to the young ones. The only thing that I would want the government to do for the younger ones is to make agriculture sexy and make it a, a good a good profession. In this country, you see a small boy or girl that has done um, IT. The next uh, three five months that he passed out is driving Mercedes or BMW. But you see a young guy that is working very hard in the field there. He doesn't even have a baki. So they see agriculture. Young ones see agriculture as something for leftovers or less privileged, which is very wrong. Mm -hmm. 
I had six shops when I started agriculture. I sold all those things, knowing that I produce something that makes people happy. And I know exactly what I'm giving to any of my clients. When they buy my food, I feel happy. When they're eating it, I ask them questions. How do you feel here? How do you feel here? When I was in Italy, under the, the sponsor of uh, uh, Slow Food, uh, I went with my maids to Italy. Getting to Italy, the people that I stayed in their house, actually, the people that uh, hosted me, they, when I bring something from the meeting, if it's maize, uh, the smallest of the boy there will tell you, this maize is coming from so-so house, so-so family. Even noodles, they tell you exactly where it's coming from. So you see that they are originated in agriculture. Everybody there is passionate about agriculture. So if the government could make this country, make younger ones, give them opportunity, make them to see agriculture as a viable things that they're doing a bit of a good job mm -hmm. in this country. It will be very fine. And the agriculture is going to support, make the country rich again. I'd like to get back to your business again. You've now got quite an established business, but what are your main challenges these days? The things that you still struggle with? I had wanted to establish uh, something like a hub something like a house or a market where all the farmers could bring on organic farmers because I'm passionate about organic farming. Knowing that commercial farm or using chemicals is not the best of the food that somebody can eat. So I had wanted to develop such a place, such a place where every farmer that practices organic farming will bring their things to sell. I opened a shop in 1014 in Johannesburg there where I sell my little products that I do and I get some other products from people. My wish and my challenge is always uh, trying to get that business in a center where everyone could come and buy, especially the upmarket uh, area where we will give them what they want. And my challenge has been not being able to have uh, transportation and nice place, nice storeroom, nice vicinity for the business in this place because it's expensive to pay the rent in a very nice place. So it has been a very big uh, challenge. On production side, up to today, I don't have water. I still borrow water from my neighbors. My neighbors are white and they are so happy what I do. Because they see me every time working hard. So they came and offer water from their house to put on my, my farm so that I can produce yearly. So that is the challenge that I have. And the tent is not there. Once it's winter, every business ends. Once it's raining, the chicken pen gets a lot of water. So it has been a very big challenge. That's why now I'm trying to focus on those most expensive crops that when you plant them, you get the money from there. But to put all the crops there now is very, very challenging because of water. So that has been my challenge in business side of it. Without business, there's nothing in agriculture. You always plant and eat. Uncle Wiz, if we have to summarize in just a minute or so, what is your vision for agriculture and specifically South Africa? My vision for agriculture in South Africa here is to see black and white not only black, black and white. Because most of the white people now angry somehow when it comes to doing what their fathers were doing. They are neglecting agriculture. They are neglecting what they know how to do. It's a very bad thing because their friends, the black friends of those white ones, 
are also running away from that profession. So if government or if other bigger offices or other bigger companies could form or make a space where younger ones could be trained and the people could identify the natural farmers and not people that are always farming in, in WhatsApp and uh, in uh, Google and in those social medias natural farmers that has got passionate about farming and also if government could even send their hands to people in prison farmers are the only ones that can bring those people that are in prisons to help to produce food because they're sitting there in the prison eating and some of them don't know what to do when they come out and farmers are looking for people that they need to teach how to do this job and the job is job that you see that when you produce this this is what you make when you do this this is what you make and some of them that we have thought they're all happy about it but eventually nobody picks them from where we leave them so it's a problem i would want government actually and other bigger entities to help to come in and pick and make agriculture even at schools to make it one of the subjects that they will learn there and take the farmers seriously especially the black ones that are coming up take them seriously show them that it's no different between them and the, the people working in the office uncle Wes, i think nigeria's loss was south africa's gain and i think also africa's gain because you're farming for the entire continent right here in the heart of Joburg. it was great having you in our studio today Thank you very much. And both Nigeria and the South Africa and other African countries will gain more. We are here to stay and don't hide anything that we know. We are bringing out everything that we know from crops to the medicinal part of it. And I pray that one day most South Africans will also travel to Nigeria and Nigerians will be coming here also. Identify any good gift that Africa has produced. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of today's edition of Farmers Inside Track. It was great having in studio Edward Wisdom, a commercial farmer based in Vanderbel Park in the south of Gauteng. We're back next week with another inspirational farmer, another inspirational mover and shaker in the agri-space. You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track podcast, supported by Food Form Zanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.